Hey everybody, welcome to the Web Cave. I'm Dan. I'm here with Bobo. How the hell you doing, Bobo? Hey, how you doing, Daniel? I'm pretty good. I can barely fucking hear you though. Well, maybe if I talk a little bit fucking louder, is that better for you? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's, that's a bit better. That's a little better. We're here. Uh, <laughs> we're here for part two. We're ranking the Game of Thrones characters. Uh, well, we got a lot lot left on our tier list. We're also here to talk about uh, the green lady that's not Fiona from Shrek, She-Hulk. And we're also here to talk about House of the Dragon. Uh a lot of yeah, shit going yeah, on. We, we got a lot of shit. We do. You want to get? I mean, I don't think there's any like news, really. Is there? Um, not that I'm aware of, to be honest. I haven't really been paying attention. It's been a rough week in my own personal life, so I haven't really been paying attention too much to news. Yeah. <clears throat> not, uh, I uh, yeah, I haven't seen too much, so. I uh I guess we'll just we'll get right into the episodes. Uh let's start with She Hulk. If you wanna see, you know, Megan the Stallion back it up, this is the episode to watch. Episode three here. I, <laughs> I mean you could have just done a, a YouTube search to get that. I don't know why they had to put that in the fucking MCU, but I mean I'm a Megan fan, but you don't need to be here, dude. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, other, I mean, I thought the episode was pretty good. I thought it was about equally as good as episode two. Yeah. It was definitely interesting to finally see her actually act as the attorney at law. And she got the, we got to see the shit that happened through with abominations. Outside of just his scene that was in Shang-Chi, we got to see what happened before and after that, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, how we got there. That was cool. I did enjoy that as well. It was a decent episode, and Wong's appearance in the show was pretty funny. I mean, I found some flaws within the timeline of the MCU that they talked about. There was a big mention of the... um, of the spell that Doctor Strange and Wong did to make everybody forget the events of No Way Home. And Spider-Man No Way Home and Shang-Chi don't take place at the same time. They take place several months apart. So, like, the timeline doesn't really make sense. Yeah. They definitely flawed there in that aspect. No, I agree. At this point with the MCU, it's hard, right? You got so much continuity built in. That's definitely, I mean, it's not major, but, like, they definitely, it was definitely, like, broadcasted in a way, like, where they shouldn't have messed that up. Yeah. No, I agree. I I thought the episode was pretty good. I I like seeing Abomination. Smart Abomination is way better than Smart Hulk. He still seemed pretty cool when he was Abomination. He was being chill at the end, and he was, like, putting the Crocs to the side and stuff. He, yeah. Uh, I, I, I like that scene. And I, I like, it was nice seeing Wong. He's putting a lot of shit. I'm confused on how Abomination got to that point with his, with his Abomination. 
like how Bruce got with his with with Hulk. It took a lot of trauma and a lot of shit that Bruce went through, but, like, what the fuck has Abomination done to learn like that, to, like, learn how to conquer it like that when he's just been locked up in a prison cell? He's been honing his abilities. That's what she's been saying. Like, that's why he deserved to get out, because he was working on that shit. In his head. <clears throat> I, I don't think that's a good idea. I think with the whole, with the whole setup of Abomination getting out of prison and Hulk going back to Sekar, whatever the name of that planet is. And now we got She-Hulk, another Hulk in the mix. And those people, remember those people tried to rob her and steal her and tried to steal her blood? Yeah. World War Hulk is coming, dude. I'm telling you. I think it's coming, too. For sure. There's a major thing to it because the World War Hawks, there's more Hawks around, dude, and they're out there trying to steal the DNA from She-Hulk so they can make their own. Yeah. Like, that's a major signal. That's like a major clue to World War Hawks. I, I think it I think it probably is coming, and good. We, we need a World War Hawk movie. But as far as Abomination, I think they wrapped up his story in a good way. And I think they took a, like, it was even kind of cool watching Hulk last night, uh, Edward Norton's Hulk. And now it's like, uh, and seeing Abomination, he was the main villain. And then you watch She-Hulk, and his story's kind of wrapped up. And uh, they bring him back for a minute in Shang-Chi and stuff, and then there. (laughs) And, and like, they don't have a huge story with him, like, this time around. But they kind of brought him back in a somewhat meaningful way. And I thought it was pretty cool. I feel like in the next episode, I feel like um, we're going to get Daredevil next episode. Yeah. In which she's like, this isn't a cameo every episode. But I guess it is. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think about breaking the fourth wall? Do you like that? I I do and I don't. I don't hate the idea of it. Honestly, it doesn't really matter to me, to be honest. I don't really think it's this big boundary that they're crossing that most people think it is. No, Like, it's not. not the first TV show in history to break the fourth wall, dude. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's the first superhero. I mean, Daredevil does that. It's Deadpool. Oh, yeah. My bad. <laughs> the other red guy. It's Deadpool movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant, Deadpool. I think he knows how to control it and all that kind of shit. Because, like, it's like a um, slide-of-hand thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. He's going to break. That's what I mean. That's why I said World War Hulk's coming, because Abomination is going to be a part of that. I'm pretty sure he is a part of that. Because, like you said, it's <clears throat> years and failures for a good person to get rid of the whole like the combination no. just lends it behind bars. Like there's something else there. So you think he's gonna come back? I think yeah. he's I think I think I personally think Abomination's working with the people that tried to steal the blood from She Hulk. Oh, they're, they're probably going to the Hulk like into Abomination, like he's still not done being I think those Hulk. I think those people that tried to take the, the blood from She Hulk, I think they're trying to raise an army of Hulk so they could do a bunch of shit. That's why they're trying to get Abomination out of prison. That's why they tried to steal her DNA. But they didn't realize that her skin's fucking not penetrable. Yeah. 
And, like when, do it. and when they fail, they say, oh, boss ain't going to like that. And, like, the only boss I can think of right now is that dude who hired She-Hulk and gave her a job. Oh, yeah. I forgot his name, but I know who you're talking about. I'm liking the show when they're sticking to, like, the roots and, like, the main plot of it. But, like, when they start branching out into other shit, like the Megan shit and the... And the fucking Hulk getting run over by a Jeep and fucking, like, all that other stupid shit I could care less about. But when they get down to, like, the nitty-gritty part of the storyline that they're trying to go with, I don't mind it. It's an all right 30-minute comedy. I mean, Megan Thee Stallion, and I know you like that one scene in the courtroom where she's like, ah, or, or whatever. That part was funny, but other than that, but, like, her whole inclusion other than that was is pretty stupid. And the whole fucking twerking scene is 100% unnecessary. Yeah, I was like, I cannot believe what I was watching. I never thought I'd live to see a day where I'd see a Hulk fucking twerk. <laughs> Please do the Like, you need to stick with the story. Yeah. I it's mean, whack. It is pretty whack. I mean, they haven't at the end credit scenes. They've been doing funny stuff like that, but... That is, that's a little much. <clears throat> a lot of much, bro. <laughs> like, if they were going to bring Megan in, they should have had Megan play, like, some comedic, weird fucking female villain, but they had to literally make her come in and, and sign tour. papers. That's all that bitch did was come in, sit in the courtroom, and then sign papers. Yeah. That's what the internet is freaking out about. Like, I don't understand it. <laughs> You've got to put better, like, I don't know, points in the show, she I guess. Can't act. She said she probably can't act. Probably not. I know, exactly. Don't put her in the fucking show, then. Yeah. Just surprise the actress off stage. There's no reason to put her on the show. Yeah, I mean, they clearly just wanted a celebrity cameo to be funny. And obviously, like, or you were even telling me, Bobby, I mean, we both read... Uh, about the writer kind of putting that in because the lead actress really likes Megan Thee Stallion. I don't get the whole, I don't know, whatever. I don't know, set up a private lunch. They can sit there and chat, but to sit there and, like, make the work. Like, She-Hulk already is kind of hard to, like, pump up about being a bad superhero, like a badass superhero. So, like, and then you got her twerking. It's like you're just shitting on her more. I agree. I agree. I, I mean, I don't think it's supposed to be taken seriously, but uh, it's not like great, great TV. Like, I get the joke they're trying to do, but it's not necessarily funny to me. I don't find it that entertaining. No, I didn't either. But uh, the episode as a whole, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'd, I'd say around the 7 out of 10 as well. I like that it's a half hour. It's easily digestible. Yeah, like I don't have to go through a fucking hour and a half of the shit every week. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could do that. But I like the short and short and sweet kind of approach they're going with it. I think that's what I'm enjoying about it. Yeah. I hope it leads into a Hulk movie. I keep saying this every every week when we talk <laughs> about it, but I hope it does, man. You really want that Hulk movie. I do. I love the Hulk, man. They should do a multiverse Hulk movie. 
<clears throat> a what? A multiverse Hulk movie with Eric Bana and Edward Norton. That would be stupid. That would be dumbest. And Lou Ferrigno. That would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be kind of flames, bro. Fuck yeah, Lou Ferrigno's a legend. He is a fucking legend. Uh, you want to get in the House of the Dragon? House of the Drizzy? <laughs> Episode Drizzy? Hell yeah. What'd you think? Uh, nine out of ten flames. Great episode. Right off the fucking bat. Dragon burning shit down. Blood being thrown everywhere. It was great. I think the show's just capturing everything that was great about like early to mid Game of Thrones. And, and I love how it's showing fucking uh, Damon and Rhaenyra Targaryen. They're both growing like their own like internal power. They're both growing at the same rate at the same time. Yeah. I'm really no, like right. and like Damon Targaryen carried this episode that we just had, and that motherfucker didn't say a single fucking word the entire episode. He had not one letter of dialogue that whole episode. Other than and telling the guy to come out of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he made a whole lot of fucking impact, though, that's for sure. He did. Because that helpful <clears throat> letter from his brother pissed him off. He didn't want the king's help, and he didn't want to fail, so he bombarded them and he accomplished the mission. Yes. Fuck the Crab King. It looked like the Crab King was suffering from grayscale. The Crab King, was, he was suffering from something, dude. He was all fucked up. Like, did it not look like he had grayscale? Like, he had the blistered skin and the gray fucking scabs and shit. It looked like he had grayscale. Yeah. yeah. Or he was just washed up like he... Yeah, definitely grayscale. It looked... It, it, I, I can't just tell you... The way he, like, tilted his head and shit. Yeah. Like, it was messing with the sickness he's in. is messing with his head. Like, he even moved like a crab. Like, when he was telling his people to go with his head. Yeah, he's all fucked like, up. And, like, one of his eyes, like, looks like a crab eye. His blind eyes, like, the dude resembled a crab really well. I wonder if it's infection or disease that's making him like that, or if it's, like, a magical spell that the children of the forest put on those kinds of people. I don't people. know. I think it's great, too, because, like you said, man, and that shit, they kept him in Cause I know. water. I know the children of the forest have the power to do that to people. Yeah. Because they're the one that put the spell on the wall and the spell on the ice kingdom so they can't cross the wall. They could definitely put, could fuck up a person like the crab king like that and make them all animalistic and fucking weird like that. Well, he's nothing now. He's chopped and fucking, he's chopped so long. That's true. He's a a half a body now, so. He's very half a body. <laughs> he got fucked up. Dude. Once David got in the cave, it was over. That's what makes the episode for me a 9 out of 10 and not a 10 out of 10 is we didn't actually get to physically see Damon cut the Crab King apart. I know. I wonder why they kept that from us too. Like, why did like they didn't the show it. I wish they would have. That would have made the episode 10 out of 10 if they would have showed it. I thought it meant as much, though. 
him like just dragging the body. I think it was really very powerful. I've seen enough people get chopped in half in these things. I feel or like killed gratuitously. I don't like. It was just cool to watch him. It was a cool visual. And I think it was also supposed to indicate like the mission that Damien was on. Damien was on like. He just got the job done. There really was no... You didn't have to see it. You just... Yeah, I know, but it's like the same aspect of the Battle of the Bastards when John charges into the castle and breaks down through the castle and beats Ramsey to a fucking pulp. Like, we got to watch Jon Snow do that to Ramsey. Like, it would have been the same aspect if we got to watch Damon do that to the Crab King. I don't think so. The Crab King wasn't... wasn't like Ramsey. He was nothing like Ramsey. The Crab King's not like an all-time villain. He was just this fucking weirdo dude. It still would have been cool, though. And even not, even away from the Battle of the Bastards, you still got to see John, or you got to see Rob Stark, or you got to see Jamie Lannister walk in and just fucking gut somebody. I mean, I don't disagree with you, but I, I didn't need it. That's like other than that, like that's what that's what I mean. Like the episode was still a nine out of ten. If they would have showed Damon gutting him apart, it would have made it a ten out of ten for me. <laughs> for you to eat the crab, um, the crab keeper dude, because like he didn't hurt anybody that we liked. I know, but it's still like a visual. It's a visual eye candy thing. Like we got the dragon. Like it would have been badass if we would have got the flashing <laughs> fucking sword fight with the dragons. I got you. I understand what you're saying. Well, it's a slice job. Uh, I'm sure we'll definitely have more more slicing moments within the series, but that would have been a prime moment to give us a really good one. And Rhaenyra's, a really good, like, power moment for, for Damon. Even though it still was, they would have just given it just a little more umph behind it. Yeah, I guess so. Ah. Uh, him flying on the dragon was cool as fuck. Uh, Renera was pretty cool in this episode. You saw more struggles with her. And, yep. uh, and then we got to see the introduction of a third dragon. At the end of the episode, we got to see a third dragon that we haven't seen yet. I can actually get the name of that dragon. I saw it earlier. Let me fucking go quick. Do you know who, the, who its rider is? It's Lenor. It's the one that... Uh, well, the, that's the, the the sea snakes kid, right? Yeah, the one that they want to marry, uh, Renera. Renera. Yeah. So, it was he was the one that was on top of the dragon. I just got to find out the dragon's name. Sea smoke. Hell yeah! Okay. I like how he's like he's like a purplish. He's a cool looking dragon. He looks like Drogo, but a different color. Yeah, he was badass. He's definitely a pretty fucking awesome looking dragon. I like it was a pretty cool battle scene. I don't know, like nothing nothing I've seen so far to me is like uh I don't know if I want to compare it to Game of Thrones in the later seasons. But it's all been like just very cool and consistently cool. And it hasn't right. taken yeah. away from the story. And there's still been yeah, good, I like... like... I don't like comparing the later seasons of Game of Thrones to this, because 
the later seasons of Game of Thrones, they didn't have any source material to write the show on. So all the all the writers of the show were just like, oh, fuck. And they just threw something together to, to wrap it up. Yeah, dialogue-wise. So, like, I can't really compare because, you know what I mean? That's like judging somebody. It's like judging a group of people performing that came prepared and then judging a group of people that came not prepared. I agree. I was. I mean, I'm talking about the battle scenes because I think those are like that's not the what's wrong with Game of Thrones in the later. The battle scenes are very good because they had the budget just like they have now. So I'm I'm trying to say that I don't know if these are quite as good as those, but these are very consistent and it's got good plot too, which the later seasons kind of had missing. Like I, I haven't <laughs> seen like a Battle of the Bastards yet, or like a, the Gold Road yet, or. Uh, any, anything like that yet. But I have seen consistently good, like the dragons flying and burning shit down, you know, some people dying. The dude, oh, the dude at the beginning that was like, he's saving me, he's saving me. And there then the dragon was. fucking lands on him and smushes him. Which is, that was like I a can't... polka dot man moment for fucking Suicide Squad. I'm a fucking free hero. <laughs> no, I mean, but it was also like, a, it's also a nice little nod that like politicians and shit don't give a fuck about you. And that's kind of like, he was like, oh, my king, he's here to save me, he's here to save the day. And then he just lands on him and fucking squishes him to death. And uh, it was good. Yeah, I think it was, really, it was a really good episode. Viserys is showing more and more that he's getting weaker and weaker, both physically and as a king. Yeah. Where he's yeah. sitting there losing his mind, and the one dude's like, well, all kings are controlled by their daughters. Yeah, that's Lord Strong. He's uh he's good. Yeah. And like this episode really showed a huge resemblance between the Hand of the King and Peter Baelish. I don't remember the Hand of the King's name. I know he's a high tower, I just don't remember his first name. Otto. Yeah. Him and him and fucking Littlefinger, Peter Baelish, they're like the same fucking person. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean he's very manipulative and you know kind of creeps up and whispers in your ear and shit like Peter Baelish he's like Peter who like he'll like pull these sly little moves and slide his plan right into the grand scheme of things like how fucking Viserys is planning on marrying a little black girl and all of a sudden out of fucking nowhere he marries the king marries his daughter the only difference is nobility and you know Status and money and shit, because uh, Otto Hightower and the Hightowers like are a very wealthy house, very big house. Whereas Peter Baelish is much smaller. He just kind of influences is. stuff around the game. Baelish even a house? Yeah. What? Is it really? Is Baelish even a house? Yes, it's he, a small house. He, he made, made it himself. Home. Yeah. He created he it. Created his own sigil and everything. Yeah. He even made the because it's what is it a robin? Or something? Yeah. Is he like rule a territory or is he like under another territory's command? No, he's got his own little house. He he doesn't like he's had numerous castles. Like you know, remember how they gave him? Uh, he ended up with the veil, obviously. Through, well, yeah, I know that, but they were giving him Harrenhal. They were giving him Harrenhal at first, and I, I'm not sure what I castle think. he had before that. 
but he was always just in court. He but he he just created his own house and his own sigil and stuff. He didn't have like many guards following for him. Yeah, and he didn't fuck around, like the stormlands or nothing. That's like what I was getting at. Like he doesn't own a territory. Like he doesn't run no. the north like the no. He doesn't run the stormlands like the Baratheons. No. <clears throat> that was that was the point that I was getting across. No, I yeah. Not until he, like I said, seizes the veil. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dan. My bad. Interrupt you. No, I'm good. Uh. Go ahead. I was saying my favorite whole like thing that happened in uh, the episode was since it was um Aegon's birthday, his second birthday, and like everybody was getting sense that this white elk was there for him and like it's a message from the gods and blah blah this and blah blah that and they had to settle for a big ass elk because they couldn't find the white the white elk. And then all alone by herself Rhaenyra gets approached by the White Elf, which means she is supposed to be the fucking queen. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the stag chose her, not him. Yeah, I know, and it's like, and that was privately between her and the stag, and it's like, it's letting her know she is doing the right thing, and to stay on fucking course. Yeah, it was, that one was funny, uh... Because she is, like, the rightful heir, and that's how it's setting this up. And this Civil War is going to be fucking dope. I can't wait till they get to this. And, like, episode six, apparently they're aging a couple of them up because they're going to be jumping, like, a decade. And I think that's when they're going to start this bitch off. So I'm guessing the king. I think it's what? episode four or five that they do the jump. Okay. The next episode or the episode after that is when they do the big-time jump. That's when the actress who's currently playing the High Tower daughter and Rhaenyra are all getting switched. I think the only one remaining in their place is the King and Matt Smith. Matt Smith, and I think the Sea Snake, the guy who's playing the Sea Snake, staying in the same role too. The Queen that never was. Yeah, they're all staying on. I think they're just getting makeup and CGI and shit. I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I mean, Rhaenyra's actress has been really good so far. And I guess even so is uh, the Hightower lady. But, I mean, if you got to do it for the story, go ahead. The Crown does that. There are certain shows that do that. Right. I like how the original Game of Thrones, they kept the same actors and they aged. Their characters aged with the actors. That's because they had to show you every detail. They don't need to show you every detail every single day or every single month that happens in here. And I don't believe they covered as much story. Like, I'm pretty sure it wasn't that whole, like, I mean, the the War of the Five Kings was only, like, a two-year deal and stuff. And, like, like this is a 24-year thing they're doing in a couple seasons, I'm pretty sure. So, I think they're, like, every couple episodes is going to be a few years, I'm guessing. Yeah. For right now, yeah. So it makes sense. We still, like, got, we still got like fucking three three generations of Targaryens and shit to go through until they get to Daenerys. Yeah. There's still a lot. The Dance of Dragons is kind of early in Targaryen history, to be honest. Isn't the Dance of Dragons before this? This is this leads to the Dance of Dragons is the Civil War with the Blacks and the Greens. 
and Aegon versus uh, mm-hmm. Renair. That's been that is the mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, that's the Civil uh, War. But that's still good. that's early. So there's a lot of history after this if they want to get to all that, too. There's like more yeah, rebellions. I want them to tell a story in live action of the wall of the wall's creation and the children of the forest putting the spell and everything on the wall. I wish they'd do something about that. They can make shows around this shit for a hundred years if they wanted to. And like the original fucking the original coming of the White Walkers and how they banished them out. Like that would be a fire show. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that there's a, and I want to see Robert Robert's Rebellion, of course. That's a selfish one. I really want to see. Yeah, right. That would be amazing. There's a couple other wars and like rebellions and Targaryen history is really cool. So. That dude that walks up to King, um, to the king and tells him, he like, do you wish to hear my opinion? Who's that guy? Lord Storm is his name. Strong. Strong. He reminds me I of Sam. I do too. He reminds me of Sam. Yeah. He talks and stuff like Sam a little I bit. I like yeah. his deep voice. Yeah. I like the see Lannister twin. A Lannister guy? There's two of them, isn't there? Isn't there? Aren't they twins? Yeah, you got Tyland, and then the Tyland's the one in court, and then the brother. I forgot his name. Oh. Yeah, they're twins too, aren't they? Yeah. He looks like David Portnoy from Barstool Sports. One point, everybody <laughs> knows who he is. He looks like that guy. <laughs> but everybody knows who. I fucking love Dave Portnoy, but, like, he looks like that guy. <laughs> he just eats pizza, bro. This fucking runs a billion-dollar website. He's actually a big-ass deal. Dave Portnoy is a huge fucking deal, dude. He is. He's a real one. But, uh, no, this episode was really good. I'd give it a 9 out of 10. I don't think it's not a 10 out of 10 because somebody didn't get sliced in half, but I just, like, I thought, I think all this, like, it's been consistently nine so far. Not that it hasn't, like, been a 10, but it's, like, been almost a masterpiece all season. Definitely. So. Yeah, I'm just waiting for some, for some tides to turn and some shit to start happening. Yeah. I mean, the war to start and. Yeah. It looks like they're going to be accusing her of banging somebody next episode. Yeah, and that little finger dude that you guys are talking about, but in this show. Otto Hightower. Yeah, like he wants the fucking, he wants Rhaenyra to marry his brother. Yeah, that was messed up. I was like, and the king was like, he's fucking two years old. (laughs) Yeah, I was dying at that (laughs) No. (laughs) He just started laughing. He's fucking two, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's your brother. Like, we're not the fucking Lannisters, man. Well, I mean, Targaryens aren't against that. 
No, they do marry sisters and cousins and shit. They do do that shit. Incest is like a normal thing. Yeah, incest is very normal with Targaryens, but that's a little young. (laughs) They don't do it that young. It's like every episode they're trying to get this dude to do it. They were trying to get him to bang a 12-year-old last episode. And now they want his daughter to get with her two-year-old brother. It's like, I don't blame the king for like being like, fuck this shit. I came here to hunt. Yeah, I'm here to have a good time. Fucking politics. <laughs> I'm sick of this shit, dude. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, you want to start ranking these? Ranking these motherfuckers, dude? You want me to start it off? Yeah, you want to go through your list real quick? You have it? Uh, yeah. The only thing I have to say about your guys' list is Beyond Greyjoy is shit because he <gasps> killed John Wick's dog. Like, fuck Beyond yeah, he, The actor did it in a different I movie. Know. That's a different movie. I cut his dick off, too. I'm pretty sure fucking Keanu Reeves filled him with bullets, so I'm pretty sure you're good. Fuck yeah, Beyond Greyjoy. I'm just kidding. I'm going Beyond. Anyway... <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna start us off with a banger. Oh wait, no, I'm, I gotta read out my list back. All right. In in least I have Jon Snow, Lord Varys, King Robert Baratheon, Olena Tyrell, Tyrion Lannister, and Sandor the Hound Clegane. Uh, in great, I have Ned Stark. Samuel Tarley, Oberyn Martell, Hodar, Theon Greyjoy, Tywin Lannister, Tormund Giantsbane, Robert Stark, and Jack and Hagar, or the, the Faceless God dude. And very good, I have Catelyn Stark, Marjorie, Tyrell, Stannis Baratheon, and um, Selmy, the dude that was with Daenerys. In Mediocre, I have Loras Tyrell, Hot Pie, Roz, Renly Baratheon, and Balon Greyjoy. In Eh, I have Viserys and Dickon Tully. And then in Ass, I have Lisa and Robin Aaron. All right. My list is not not too different, a little different. Uh, I'll, uh, we got Rob, Jon Snow, Ned Stark, uh, Marjorie, King Baratheon, Theon, Olena Tyrell, Tyrion, and the Hound for Elite. For Great, we got uh, we got Lord Varys. We got uh, the guy that got his watermelon watermelon smash. <laughs> Lord Martell, Lord Orberon. We got Sam. We got Tormund, Giantsbane, and uh, Tywin. Very good. We got Barristan Selmy, Hot Pie, uh, Catelyn Stark, Renly and Stannis Baratheon, and uh, Hodar. Mediocre. We got uh, we got Dickon. We got Roz. We got uh, Lord Greyjoy, Balon. And uh, we got Jack and Hagar. And Meh, we got Lord Tully. 
an ass. We got uh, Catelyn's sister and her son. And uh, Daenerys' brother, Viserys. Ready to start this off? Yes. Let's I'm going to start it. us off with an evil son of a bitch, Ramsey Bolton. I'd have to go elite for how he is as like a villain. I said great. I don't know. I think he's one of the best villains in the show. He's a Joffrey, yeah. And he's a bit more calculated than Joffrey, so. You're only as good as your villain, dude. I like, the only thing about Ramsey that I don't like is he's he's a fucking, he's a whiny bitch. But other How is than he that, he's fucking, because like when he doesn't get what he wants, he's like, it, it like seems like he like throws like a temper tantrum, dude. Like he like, like in his head, he's like fuming and he just yeah. looks like really pathetic when he gets in that kind of mood. Yeah. This is what drives it down for me, but, like, what makes him great for me is the fact, like, how fucking sadistic he is, how fucking his torture methods are just fucking grueling. The lines that he's willing to cross, like, that line doesn't exist for him. He's a very easily sadistic, fucked up son of a bitch, dude. He's definitely one of my favorite bads in the show. Bruce yeah. Bolton conducted the whole fucking Red Wedding, and Ramsey's like, fuck you, Dad. I'll do your worst. He took his dad's house, and he took Winterfell, and he took control. He killed his baby yeah. brother, fed him to wolves. So he's he's a bad motherfucker. He almost won the battle. If it wasn't for Littlefinger and Sansa, and Littlefinger wanted to tap Sansa for some reason, and then Ramsey would have won that battle of the bastards, and Jon Snow was done. That's the oh, in last minute. He but had that war. Take them armies away and put Ramsey up against John one on one. You see when you seen what happened. Well, yeah, yeah, he's getting fucked up in that he's scenario. I'm just saying. <laughs> as a, he showed a lot as a strategist during that, though. Like during that, he had a perfect plan. If the veil doesn't step in, he wins. He's oh, not yeah, as no. Ramsey's one of the like honestly, given his like his evilness, he's one of the best like battle strategic is in in the realm. Yeah, he's up there with like Tyrion for st- strategists and shit. So that's why I had to go elite. I would say he's elite. I'm considering switching. All right, my turn. <laughs> yeah. What are the villains of the last season? Well, actually, throughout the whole show. What do we think of the Night King? For a man that doesn't talk. He doesn't have to. You're right. So where would we rank him? He's a weed motherfucker, if you're asking me. Because no, it was okay. I put the Night King at great, not elite. I'd I'd probably just go very good to be honest. It got stale. <laughs> I mean the ending was good, but Arya fucked his day up. I don't know if he's elite. He's 
He was kind of the big bad of the whole show. He was the threat. I thought, I thought the Night King. Was I thought the Night King was elite until. Until the final fight where he died. Yeah, me too. Like the, like the long night was one, like in the top three, of like the best episodes of the entire series. But like the bad part about that episode alone is it kind of shits on the Night King a little bit. You're right. It does. Because, like, it, the whole series, the Night King is, like, this immovable fucking force you can't even touch. You can't, you know, there's nothing you can do to stop him. A dragon can't even stop him. He'll just throw a spear at it and take it from you. But a little fucking seven-foot girl runs up on him and does a sleight of hand knife trick, and he's dead. First of all, Arya is not seven feet. <laughs> and, you know, I can't agree with you on that, Bobby. And, like, I don't, and, like, the whole fight and, like, how, like, cocky the Night King got during that battle, acting like he won, even though he didn't yet. No, I I agree. I, I do agree with you because he, like, he got fucked up in the, in the last second, and it didn't seem like that should be able to happen with the way. And his whole guard, no one could catch her. Like, no one knew she was coming. Like the 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 whole dark or the army kind of got punked out as well as the Night King, the whole White Walker army. Everybody got made to look like a dumbass. Like the only like powerful part the Night King really had in that episode is when all the White Walkers died and he rose them back up again. Yeah, but who did he really kill? He was kind of stupid in the whole episode. Yeah, because he didn't really actually kill anybody. He killed Theon. Like, the army, people died in the episode, but not really at his hand. Like, yeah, like, they should have shown, like, the episode should have been played out where, like, like, Thanos versus the Avengers. Like, the Night King should have almost won. And then, like, the last win, the last people should have came back. They really didn't, because John was holding his own off. John was about to die from a fucking dead-ass dragon about to blow fire on him. And Daenerys was off doing her own shit, and the army was, like, they were still surviving. Like, they would have been able to win that. Like, I don't know. To me, they should have been more gruesome on the humans towards the end, and then that last win should have been the winning strike against them. They should have done more with the Night King. They should have showed the Night King as a more brutal, unstoppable force than what they did. Because, like, to me, when I watched it, like, my view of it is, like, the Night King kind of walked in, rose everybody up from the dead and then died himself. He didn't come in and start whooping ass and harping on people and fucking, just fucking slaying motherfuckers himself. And, like, he didn't do anything. He walked in, rose his hands up, and then walked another 50 feet and died. (laughs) And then he died. Like, he didn't do anything in that episode. His army did it. His army was doing everything else. He did nothing. He didn't do anything. They should have given him something to do because it's his final fight. This is what the Night King was supposed to lose. They should have had the Night King going out swinging, not standing there. Dude, if you're going to, like, all walkers were high controlled. He was working. Yeah, I know, but my point was, was the Night King was the center force. He was the immovable one. He was the one that you're not supposed to be able to beat. You're supposed to be able to walk through his high controlled army. You're not supposed to be able to beat him. 
You should have showed a huge fucking fight scene. Like, John shouldn't have been distracted with that one dragon. John should have been going head-to-head with the Night King in this epic fucking sword fight. Yeah, I yeah. got John out. No, I agree with you. You could have easily had, like, the uh, John's other Nightwatch buddy that died from a White Walker that died with Sam and shit. Like, you could have easily just had the Night King off him. Like, like a couple exactly. people that died because like of the army, the you could have just had the White yeah, the Night King just fuck up real quick, you know? Exactly. They could have done that, and like, like they could have done like this whole mental mind battle between Bran and the Night King when Bran and the Night King were standing there staring at each other in the courtyard. Like they could have had a different kind of like supernatural kind of battle with each other, but they didn't. They just yeah. stared at each other. And it would have been fire to have like Brienne, Jamie, fucking John all going at this motherfucker, and he like just like blocks all of them, and go, like it's like a Thanos versus the Avengers type thing. Like that would have been. Like, that's what they should have done. Like they should have done something like Thanos fighting off Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man at the same time. But it's Jon Snow, Jamie Lannister, and Brienne Tart. Yeah, three of the best sword like, fighters in the whole universe. Like, 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 literally, like I said, like he walked in, rose his hands up, and then walked again and died. Yeah. He killed Theon. <laughs> that was his big, his big W. Theon up. Yeah, he's only very good. I mean, he's the only bad. That's what like draws him down for me was how he ended. Like He should have went out on a fucking high-ass note, and they didn't do that. Well, that's why I can only go very good, because the build-up was amazing, but it really was just close-ups of his face. It was a letdown. You know, yeah, and it it was a letdown, and it was just, the build-up was really just like, you you see him in his army, and he's looking at you, and you're like, oh, he's going to come at some point. Right. <laughs> even, even his lacking performance in that episode doesn't take away from the episode as a whole at all. No, it's a great episode. Some, it's a good Somehow it doesn't, but... Even even with the Night King not having a strong outing, the episode's still fucking a 10 out of 10. My it is. Them focusing on the army isn't a bad choice. It's just a different choice, and it doesn't make the Night King look as cool. But no, episode- like, like I said, they still should have focused on the army, but they should have taken, like, the three big warriors of the humans and made him go made them go against the Night King directly. Yeah. Arya yeah. still could have came in from the side and did some assassin stealthy blow that killed him, but like he should have been distracted because he's fighting Jon Snow. Yeah. Not standing there fucking with his thumb up his ass, dude. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, just looking at Bran like it's over. No, I agree. All right, your turn. Uh, we got a little distracted there. Since I brought him up, I'm going to go ahead and bring him up. Bran Stark. The, the handicapped Bran Stark, not the great warrior Bran Stark. Uh, you mean the king? Put some respect on his name, dude. Yeah, the, king. the king and the three-eyed raven Bran Stark. There you go. Uh, we didn't do Bran yet? No, we didn't. Nope. Right. I'm putting them in Oh, my God, no. I agree with Dan. That motherfucker is the three-eyed raven. Yeah, but he's fucking he's useless. He's seven realms, and he's a paraplegic. Yeah, he sucks. 
He sees everything. He sees the future, the past, the present. He sees every single thing that happens. He's the, There's no better fit for somebody else to be king besides Brand Stark. I am questioning our whole friendship during this conversation. I don't like the what the lead up to Bran being king. I like that Bran ended up being king, but they should have what? went through a whole other they should have been through a whole other series of events before they ended make ended up Bran being the king. But they they just did it way too fast. But I like the outcome of Bran being king because, like, dude, he's the three eyed raven. Yeah, he's he should be the master of whispers. He's incredibly king. He doesn't, you don't want your king to be fucking emotionless and can see every single thing. I mean, I guess yeah, that you part's cool. You want your king to be emotionless because emotions is what ruins the king. Anger ruined the Aegon. Or Aegon I mean, hold on. Anger ruined the Mad King, made him a terrible king, and fucking love and emotion ruined Viserys and made him a very weak king. Someone with no emotion would be the perfect king. Someone who no can't be con- who can't way. be swayed by love, who can't be swayed by anger, who can't be swayed by power. He's, he has no emotion. He just leads. But, Bobby, with no emotion, how can you get the people to follow you? I mean, you have to be inspiring, and you have to be able to give these great speeches to make people want to follow you. He is not a leader. No, he sucks. In this realm, it's not really a, like about that. And like for the most, yes, it, it is, is, but for the most part, it's about your like wield of power and the amount of power you show. Jon Snow gave a hell of a speech. Rob could give a hell of a speech. You need to be able to give a speech. He can't you give need a fuck. To be able to get people have, to follow you. He can have somebody else, like the hand of the king, or somebody else a part of his court that can make those speeches for him. But to be the leader and the person who makes those decisions and comes up with the strategy, in my opinion, there's no one else better than Bran to do that. He's going to mediocre for me. But being able to see all that, what did he do to help them win that that final war the, with the Night King? He didn't give anybody any heads up on what to do, on what was happening. I mean, what's the use of having all that three-eyed raven crap power <laughs> if you're not going to be able to help lead your people to victory? He sat under I a mean, fucking tree. <laughs> He's a handicap. It's not like he can walk. <laughs> yeah, but he could have told Theon that Night King's coming from this way. Be ready for him. <laughs> That's what I mean, though. Like, they should have gave him, like, that scene where, like, him and the Night King should have, like, had this supernatural battle with each other, but they didn't do that. And, like, yeah. I get where you're coming from. He sat under a tree, but he's a handicap. There's not really much more you can do with him in that one. Yeah, but he could have told them what to expect. <laughs> he could have helped more. Uh, he's going to be yeah. mediocre for me. The whole time while they were making him, like, travel and he's going on his voyage, he did not want to be the king. And then he's sitting underneath that fucking tent, and he's all like, why do you think I came here? Like, See, that's... That's, and that's where like, I, that's where I don't hold the the character as himself against it because the, that's where the writers fucked up because they didn't have a book to go off of. The writers fucked that up. But my that's where I was coming across is like Bran with the powers that he's accomplished, like. If George Martin wrote it out and Bran ended up being king, I guarantee you it would be fire as fuck. 
Bram wasn't even in the entire fifth season. They kind of left his arc for a minute. When they came I know. Back, That's my point, though. Like, him as himself, is like, as Bran Stark and the powers he gets from being the Three-Eyed Raven, he's, on paper, that's the perfect person to be leading the realm. But the way the writers wrote him and, like, and the way they put him in the show, it doesn't, like, fit that way. And, you know, you talk about him being handicapped. He wouldn't be handicapped if he would just let a homie get a little pussy, you know? <laughs> And if he had done what his mother told him and stopped climbing. Yeah, quit climbing, quit spying, and fucking yeah, but let Jamie get his done. It wasn't his. It wasn't his climbing abilities that got him paralyzed. Well, it was his climbing in general. You don't climb, you don't see brother on sister, and you don't fall from that high of a height. Not because a brother and sister might be up there fucking each other. <laughs> well, they should. I mean, that's on the parents. You're right. That one's on the parents. <laughs> they should tell them that. Jamie Lannister pushed a 10-year-old boy out of a fucking five-story window. Well, it shouldn't have been climbing. No, Dan. What you got, Matt? Brandon's a mediocre. That kid sucks. Uh, he's not mediocre because he's a three-eyed raven and that was really cool, but, like, what they ended up doing with him was, like, they dropped the fucking ball. I like the outcome. I just don't like the road that we got to it. Yeah. I don't like either. I'm going Podrick, the man that pleases the ladies. Tyrion Squire. Podrick? Podrick Payne, a real one. I'm putting Podrick and very good. You're going, you're that high on him? He's, I, I mean, he's necessary to, like, Brienne and, like, everybody else he's, like, with. And, like, he's a nice, he's a nice, he's a nice comedic relief to, like, all the brutality of the show. Yeah. I'd agree. I'd put him in very good. To watch it. It's funny to, like, to see all these badass fucking hunked out fucking dudes with fucking giant long swords and battle axes slicing each other in half and then there's this dude fucking fumbling his belt around and dropping his sword on the ground fucking doesn't know what he's fucking doing and shit it's funny and he's also came through at times though and, and like and he helped. has a lot of growth in the show and like yeah you're right Podrick does have a few moments where someone's about to get killed and here comes Podrick on a fucking horse swinging an axe killing some people it's like dude fuck yeah he, he has a lot of those characters like Dion, who has an incredible amount of growth from season one to eight. Yeah. Because, like I said, he goes from being this dude who can't even hold his fucking his belt around his waist, and he's fumbling his sword and dropping shit on the ground, to being this dude who can actually, like, hold his own in a battle. Yeah, I mean, he's right there in the long night fighting next to Jamie and Brienne and them, and he survived. Yeah, I know. He did. I mean, so that'll tell you something. Yeah, he goes very good for me, too. Who you got? Yeah, I like Podrick. He was cool. Yeah. All right, let's go, uh, let's go to a little piece of shit. Let's go King Joffrey. Uh, I go great. Almost elite. I agree. I put him in great. I think 
he's the a second lot of people best villain. Like, what the fuck? We really just said that he's a great character. Like, you're supposed to hate this motherfucker, and he does a very good job of doing it. That's why. I mean, the the actor himself almost like I think he stopped acting because he got so many like death threats and stuff. I mean, that's probably not yeah, the exact reason why. Like, he shouldn't be getting so much hate because he fucking knocked his role out of the park. He played Jesus yeah. pretty perfectly. He was a truly like, like disgusting, despicable human or being. He looked like a prick. Yeah. He was a yeah. child of incest. He was a piece yeah. of shit. The makeup and the costume and like the actor and like it—they it, did a very good job with that role. Like you're like you're supposed to hate Joffrey and like he's in the great category because he's a great bad guy. And it's one of the he, things that I love about the show is like you and you kind of root for him too because he's like that's Tyrion's side, you know. And, like, there's people on that, and you start to like Jamie and stuff. So you, you don't root for Joffrey, obviously, but you don't always want his side to, like, completely lose. But you want him to die. So it, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. And, like, I just liked how, like, because he's so young and, like, he's so controlled. This is another reason why I say having an emotion is a bad kink, is, is bad for a kink. Because, like, he, his emotions are so fucking out of control, and you see the fucking terrible reign he had as a king. Like, that's he another did. prime example of somebody with emotions. When they I mean, go out of control, it's bad. Control, though, it was kind of I would disagree, though, because I would say he was fucking confused as fuck. Like, he, like when the, the scene when he was with that fucking that whore in his room, and he just shot her with the fucking crossbow, like, four, like four times. Yeah. Like he doesn't know what he doesn't know how to control separating the anger from the politics and the love and the and the shame and everything else from all aspects of being a king. He doesn't know how to control it. That's why most kings spiral out of control and they don't end up being good kings. That's why the mad king spiraled out in anger and torment on the realm. I I don't I don't agree though <clears throat> with him because he's more of like a sociopath to me. To where I don't think he has much emotion. I think the emotion he has, like he's got rage, obviously, and that that emotion that he does, you know, uh, he lashes out a lot and stuff. But he doesn't have any compassion. I mean, um, love emotion, obviously, no, not, oh, not that bad has, emotion. He doesn't. My point of like the emotion is like it doesn't matter what emotion you have as a king, whether it's anger, or it's good, or it's weak, or it's love, or whatever. It's the knowing of how to control that emotion and separate that emotion from politics is what... Yeah, I mean, there's a couple, like, King Jaehaerys, I mean, old Targaryen history that, like, they were loving and kind and they there was a prosperous time in the realm and shit. Yeah, but some kings they can, make, can, like, make that happen, but, like, most kings, they... Those people separated the love and the politics and they found a way so the two could be to work simultaneously together. Most kings can't do that. Yeah. Joffrey definitely couldn't. He was a sick bastard. He definitely is a great character, though. Almost elite. The only reason I don't go elite and I put Ramsey in elite is because I think that Joffrey was a bit more one-dimensional. And he, like, he was just... That was the difference. That I agree, because that's the difference between yeah, the two. Yeah, he wasn't cunning. Like, no. like, like, if Joffrey knew how to separate and use his like his gruesomeness to his advantage, he would have been a great, powerful leader. But he yeah. just lashed out in every given moment. That's what made him bad. Ramsey used his gruesomeness and his 
sadisticness to his advantage and use it in power moves. That's why it was so fucking menacing for him. If Joffrey would have done the same thing, Joffrey would have done would have been way worse than Ramsey. I agree. Let's move on. Was that your pick? Yeah, that was mine. Now let's go with Grandmaster or the Grandmaster uh, Picel. All right. That was Lord Baratheon's Grandmaster and Joffrey's and Tommen's. Before, uh, you know, that weird guy got him killed by. He was the one that made Zombie Mountain, wasn't it? No, he's the one that got killed by. He was the one that got killed by the little kids because of uh, the one that made Zombie oh, Mountain. Oh, yeah. Okay, he okay. He was the one yeah. right before. He was the old guy. Yeah, he was the old ass dude that, like, kind yeah, of fake. I remember now. Yeah. He was banging hoes and stuff. He was acting old, but he actually, like, wasn't. Yeah. He was a bumbling idiot. I thought he was kind of comic relief, but I'd put him in mediocre. Yeah, I agree. It was funny when, like, when Tyrion put him in the dungeon because he lied to him about something. I forgot what that was about, but, like, Tyrion was testing a bunch of people. About where they, where he was going to send um, Princess, what's her name? Oh, uh, the Lannister girl. Yeah. And uh, to see who would get it back to Cersei. And Pycelle was the one that ratted, so he, like, Put him in the dungeon or something. Marcella. Yeah. Isn't that her name? Yeah. So that was, I mean, he he was a part of some good stuff, but I'd put him in mediocre. Yeah. My turn? Your turn. All right. Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, Mormont. I like him. He was good. He taught Jon Snow a lot, and for that, I'd put him in very good. I agree. Almost great, but I uh, I don't think we saw enough of him. But he was a badass. I like House Mormont. They're all badasses, the three of them that are featured heavily on the show. Uh, oh, and uh, He's cool too. Like he's just—he's a super tough dude. He taught Jon Snow how to be a leader. Almost, he had him square under him. So, give him his sword. Oh yeah, I like him. Lord Command the Mormont was the one that was for Jon the entire time. The other one was the one that got him killed. He gave Jon Longclaw. Yeah, he's the one who gave Jon his sword. Yeah, no, Lord Commander Mormont was a good guy. Yeah, I go very good. I agree. Your turn. My turn. I'm going to go... Fucking. <laughs> my fucking turn. What about Mr. Eamon? Hey, Gary. He's the guy at the Night's Watch. We can do that. The old dude. We're going to go with Maester Eamon from the Night's Watch. Uh... He taught Sam. Yes. He taught Sam how to be a maester. He uh, died at the end of the fifth season, I believe. Do you remember him, Bobby? 
Yeah. I'd put him in very good right next to Commander Mormont because, like, they hold the same amount of, like, goodness for the show because one raised and trained John and the other raised and trained Samwell. Yeah, I mean, he gave up the throne. That's badass. I forgot the yeah. story, but... Yeah, because he's a Targaryen, isn't he? Yep. I think you're going to see him in... Uh... No, he might not be in House of the Dragon. That's a different name, I think. But, uh... Yeah, he's not... That's you still got like a hundred years before that dude shows up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, He's in a couple old. generations first. Didn't he like die briefly in his bed? Yeah. He's yeah. Because grandmasters, they don't really get attacked like that because they're like good people. No. I you ready agree. for mine? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to go with another piece of shit. Euron Greyjoy. Ooh. The one that wanted to fuck Cersei and make Jamie watch. <laughs> he wanted to cuck out a Lannister. Uh, he was an all right later season villain, or kind of a secondary villain to everything else that was going on. He's not my favorite Greyjoy. I'd probably put him next to his brother, brother Balon, or Balon, and mediocre, to be honest. I put him very good because he was able to overmine all the Greyjoys and use the Greyjoys as a huge power move for the throne. Yeah. And he almost pulled it off, so that's why I'm putting him in very good. If he would have actually pulled it off, I would put him in great, but he failed. I'll put him in very good for the battle scene at the the sea. The battle at the sea when he fucked up. Uh, oh, the yeah. sand snakes. And... Yeah, when he killed all three of the sand snakes like yeah. it was nobody's business. And took Yara yeah. hostage. And he, married, he, he got in with Queen Cersei, and you know he almost he almost got one over on Jamie Lannister. He didn't. But, he did. Uh, yeah, I'll put him in very good too. All right. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Really, he, he was in the show. Eh. He had no reason being there other than Macy Williams had a crush on him. It's just like putting Megan the Stallion in She-Hulk. See, I liked it, though, because unlike Megan, his scene in the show wasn't a waste of time. That Golden Road song was actually pretty cool. That was a pretty cool Lannister battle song. Yeah, it was all right. Where are you putting a meh? Yeah. I thought they brought him in there to do that song because he did the theme song for the Hobbit movie. So that's why I thought they brought him in the Game of Thrones to have him sing a song like that. No, I think it was because Macy Williams really liked him. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, I've been seeing rumors that Henry Cavill and Elizabeth Olsen are still supposed to be in season two of House of Dragons. 
Really? That would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. That Henry Cavill and Elizabeth Olsen are going to be in season two. That would be amazing. They better not kill Henry. That's all I'm saying. Henry better fucking be a beast. And they better give us a fucking scene with Henry. <laughs> Sharon's probably wishing for the same thing. Yep. No comment. <laughs> uh, all right. Let me give a real pick, because Ed Sheeran's bullshit. You can give two after if you want. Uh, Benjamin Stark. Uncle Benjamin. Uncle Benjamin? Yeah. Yeah. I'm putting him in very good. I don't know if he's in the show enough. I might have to go mediocre. But that scene with him riding in on the horse with the morning stars and saving John from the army, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, he did have a cool little arc from beginning to end. I'll put him in very good. He Uncle Benji. Cool. Uncle Benjamin's badass. And he got to see Bran at the end, and he also got to help John. Uncle Benjamin was pretty cool. I got another elite pick for you. Ooh. My opinion, my favorite character from season seven, Sir Davos Seaworth. Oh, Sir Davos is elite. He's elite. Davos is one hundred percent elite, dude. Davos about- was the shit. Season seven, I felt like he was like the titular character of the entire seventh season. Was Davos? <laughs> it's fucking it's my favorite when Missande is listed off when uh, Daenerys and Jon finally meet, and she's listed off all the. Uh, she's the queen of the, the rightful queen of the Seven Kingdoms and all her titles and shit. He's like, it's Jon Snow, King of the North. Jon <laughs> Snow. <laughs> He's the King of the North. <laughs> it was just funny as fuck. Stop uh, yeah, the beast. Wait, like he was like the best smuggler. He could smuggle anything and anyone into any place. Yeah, I mean, Davos came in, in the prominence during Robert's Rebellion when Stannis was stuck in Dragonstone. And, uh, yeah, he did. Davos he snuck in potatoes and shit for the men. He, he was the one who fucking saved Tyrion. He got Tyrion to Daenerys. He got Tyrion to Daenerys. Uh, no, he, no, he didn't get Tyrion to Daenerys, did he? I thought Davos is the one that got the boat for Varys and Tyrion. I don't know. Maybe. I, I, I'm i not sure. I, know I, know. That I, I remember Davos smuggling Tyrion somewhere. I don't remember where it was. I think he smuggled oh, him he back, him back in, the in the King's, King's Landing. Landing to meet with the uh, yeah, He snuck yeah. him in the King's Landing so he could try to get Jamie to persuade Cersei or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I remember. Yeah, Davos yeah. is a beast, dude. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a he's a great advisor. He was a hand of the king to Stannis, where he was going to be, and uh, he, he gave Stannis. The battle. He was in the battle of the bastards when he was like, "We're oh, just shitting ourselves back here." <laughs> and then he fucking runs out, and he's like, "Oh fuck it, Targe." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> it. Who was the dad that burnt his daughter? Stannis Baratheon. Yeah, I think he loved Stannis Baratheon's daughter a lot more than Stannis did. He was he was more oh, of a father figure. 
He really cared for her. Davos was awesome. Yeah, he's going in elite for me. All right, my number two, my second pick. Uh, let's go with Sir Bron. Ooh, I'd put him in great. I think he's like either great or very good. He was highly entertaining. For Tyrion's homie, just I'd put him in great because he saved Tyrion's life. He he battled for Tyrion and saved his life. He trained Jamie how to fight with missing his fighting hands. And he saved Jamie from being burned by a fucking dragon. Give me ten good men and I'm pregnant, bitch. Bron was awesome, dude. I like Bron a lot. He was funny and he was a fucking savage at the same time. You're not wrong. Uh, Bron was badass. I, I In the last season, he was a little much when he was kind of being a dick to Tyrion and Jamie. But he, yeah, he got but, his... I mean, him, though, he's kind of just had it, dude, at this point. He just wants his castle, and he wants to just die happy. <laughs> he ended up on the council, though, at the end, didn't he? No, sure he, he got did. his castle. Didn't he get Castle Rock? Yeah, he got Castle Rock. He got Castle Rock, but I think he was also on the small council. I think he was like Master Coin or something. Yeah, some shit like that. I think Aaron's right. I think you're right, too. I think he was on the court. And it so, was pretty cool. He stepped up and stuck up to Tyrion and wanted to do the combat battle for him. No one else in that room did. Yeah, Bron was just like, fuck it. I'm not going to let a dwarf fight. Yeah. He had his back. Uh, Ron, Ron was definitely one of my favorite like freelancers throughout the show. All right, let's go to a piece of shit, another big villain of the show, Lord Walder Frey, man behind the Red Wedding. Very good. An old pervert. He set up the Starks, but he was an old piece of shit. I'd go mediocre. It was nice watching him die. It was very nice watching him die. It was. Watching him be turned into pie. No, he ate. Or he ate the pie and then got killed. Yeah. His badass Arya fed him his family before he died. That's why I do that multiverse when they're like Arya's pie. Yeah, in the game, she threw us high around. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I go mediocre. I don't think he was... Like, he was an all right villain, but besides that one big claim to fame, I don't think Walder Frey meant that much to the show. Yeah. In the early seasons, he kind of did, because, like, the Freys were the other big house in the north. Yeah, well, they're more Riverlands, but yeah. All right, your turn. Grey Worm. Grey Worm. I never liked him, dude. Oh, my God. What's under Elite? I fucking hate Grey Worm. I'm actually going mediocre. Oh, I thought he was greater Elite. I didn't like Grey Worm, dude. Grey Worm is great. I thought Grey Worm was great, dude. I fucking love Grey Worm. 
I thought he was Cheeks, to be honest with you. He's not my my favorite character. Yeah, like that was like one of the few love stories in the show like I actually enjoyed was Grey Worm and Miss Sunday. The chick he couldn't well, like, no, Grey Worm was badass, dude. He had everything stripped from him. He had probably like the worst like growing up life of all the characters in the show. And yet he still was a good guy and fought for the good of the realm. He did. He like, was He was a slave. He was a slave for like 30 years. I know, but that's what he was. He's a good guy. The Unsullied. I like Grey Worm a lot. Yeah, the Unsullied, exactly. <laughs> and like, I totally felt Grey Worm's pain, and I love that they showed you a scene of Grey Worm just fucking lashing out and going fucking nuts and just killing mad dudes after Miss Sunday died. They just showed Grey Worm just fucking flashing through dudes. It was awesome. Yeah, he was pissed. He's a good warrior, dude. That's another reason why I like Grey Worm a lot. He's a hell of a warrior. He was a hell of a warrior. I'm still going mediocre. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I'm a piece. All right. Uh, you're entitled to your opinion. Thanks, you Sharon. You know it's wrong, but you're entitled to it. Thanks, Sharon. All right. <laughs> Liana. Liana Mormont, the little badass. Fuck, a fucking elite. Elite? <laughs> elite? I'm going great. Only great? Bro, yeah. that struck out a fucking White Walker giant, dude, and she's a 12-year-old little girl. She was leading her house. She was. She was fucking cool, but... Lady Mormont is nothing but... She led her house? Yeah. What twelve-year-old girl, Daniel? Do you know leads the house Mormont as its as its fucking queen, and takes out a White Walker giant? I mean, it only one. Only <laughs> one. Liana. She's elite, dude. Lady Mormont is a fucking beast. She's a beast. I don't know about elite. She's the reason. She is the reason and the symbolism of why House Mormont sigil is a bear. She's a highlight of two of the worst seasons. She is. Every time she was on screen, she was eight. She's awesome. Horrible fucking woman. Like that girl is an old ass, like dude, young ass body. You, she's <clears throat> not a white walker giant. You know your shit when you walk into a room and a twelve-year-old girl has vast amounts more power than you do. Yeah, and she's telling you how much your ass. <laughs> exactly. Like that's like you're getting you're literally being told how shit you are by a twelve year old girl who's clean, dude. Like fuck yeah, off. She's right. <laughs> she's a she's a little girl, dude, who's a lot smarter than a lot of the older wiser the older men who rule in the other parts of the realm. There's a woman in, inside that little girl, dude, and it was coming out. I love Lady Mormont, like yes. I cried when she died. I bawled my fucking eyes out, man. It was sad. And her food roared before she ran to the giant, like, oh, my fucking God. She stabbed him in the eye, too. That was so cool. (laughs) 
as her spine and her rib cage was breaking. Like, yeah, that's a fucking elite. She's great. I love All right, Bobby, your pick. <laughs> Mather Quyburn, the guy who made the mountain, the zombie mountain. I think he's mediocre. Uh, he was I think I think he's great because like how fucking like sadistic he is dabbling with the dark arts and shit. I kind of thought it was dumb that he amplified the mountain. I'm gonna go. He showed you. I liked it because he showed you that what the masters know how to do. He showed you that there's an evil way to do it to use the way to use their methods. That's what I liked about him. God. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the many face God. 
like that whole thing where he where she was being trained by Jackin and she like her sight was taken away and she had to be what's a girl without her sight and like the that whole that whole fucking like storyline they had to do with her I thought that was her best part of her arc. Yeah, I mean, I completely disagree because the hound is clearly the best part of her arc, but and even the shit with Cereal Pharrell in the first season is better than the faceless shit. I, I like. I mean, Arya has a great arc, and ending it with killing the Night King and fucking, you know, uh, just being an absolute badass is is cool. So I, I gotta go elite for Arya. She's in multiverses for God's sakes. She made a video. I'm surprised John Snow is not. John Snow didn't kill Tanky. He's probably coming at some point. John Snow. <clears throat> John Snow is arguably the best swordsman in Game of Thrones history. Him with Jamie. With Big Jizzy. All right, your turn. Yeah. Who is it? Brienne of Tarth. Ooh. I want to go elite. I might have I am to going go elite. I might have to go great. Because that last season did a disservice to her, too. She shouldn't have banged Jamie. No. I hated that she did. I'm going great, but Brienne had some if cool shit. They should have fucked when Jamie was her prisoner and the first time they met when they were together. The first yeah. time. Like, if they were going to do something between the two of them, they should have done it back then, not at the end of the show. And I get it that they were kind of planting seeds, yeah. but seeds weren't big enough to believe it. They should have um, put her with giant... No, the word is uh, torn, Tarman Giants Bane. Yeah, Giants Bane. I know. It, I heard it, Jon Snow's story, because they're doing the, the, the show about Jon Snow after Game of Thrones, and I believe Tormund's probably going to be in it because Jon goes north of the wall. Yeah, that's who rescued with, him from the wall. With Tormund. No, like after the king yeah. of it, they go back up there. I'm hoping that they bring Brienne of Tarth back in it, and they, you know, Brienne fucks Tormund. I hope, dude, cause the, dude, just the way he would stare at her, dude, would fucking completely make you forget, dude, that this show is fucking brutal and gruesome as fuck. He just got this big, giant Jack and Ginger dude with these fucking wide-open, googly eyes for this fucking behemoth of a woman, dude. It's just hilarious, man. He was in love. Yeah, he was. He loved her. I agree with Dan. That's why he did. Looking at her like that. I love Tormund, dude. And like the way he looked at her, dude, was just fucking hilarious. All right. I would definitely. You got together. I'm, I went. I went great for her. Uh, she's just an elite for me, almost. But, she's uh, like the first female knight. Like she's like a female version of the Hound. That's why I put her in elite. And her getting knighted at the end, yeah, I'd probably throw her up in elite. Fuck. And in my opinion, she's got the best sword in the whole show. The Oathkeeper is my favorite sword. It's a nice sword. Yeah, it's right. a badass name. 
That is a badass name. I'm going to give you a two for one. We're going to go Thoros of Mir and Beric Dondarrion from the Brotherhood Without Banners. These are the two dudes that light their swords on fire. Uh, they kind of mean a lot towards the end. They uh, they had encounters with uh, Arya, obviously. Uh, they fucked up. They were they hung out with the Hound for a while. You remember these two, Bobby? Yeah, I do. No, that one dude who kept using the Lord of the God of the Lord of the Light or whatever. He was yeah, barely... he was he was praying to the same God that she did. Oh, okay. Yeah. They all love the Lord of the Light, but uh, Thoros lit his sword on fire. So I think so did Beric, but Beric was the one that came back all the time. Yeah, he was the one who kept dying and being resurrected. Beric. The dude with the eye patch. The other dude that was half bald just died once when they I all went like beyond the, the wall. Dude, I I really enjoyed Beric a lot. Yeah, I like Beric. I like Beric a lot. He was a really cool, like mystical, supernatural kind of character. He had a lot of like Hawkman vibes to him. But like Game of Thrones styled. I'd almost put him in great because that scene when he died in the long night in that battle at at uh, Winterfell with the Night King and shit when he's getting stabbed yeah. while walking through the hallway with the Hound and Arya, that was a cool yeah, death scene. Yeah, and he was kind of telling Arya like, "You're the one. Get the fuck out of here." Yeah. Yeah, I put him in great. I put Thoros in very good because I did like him too. I put them both in very good. All right, All right. Alaria Sand. Which one? You remember that? her? The mom. Oberyn, Oberyn Martell's wife. Yeah. The one, the one that killed Cersei's daughter with the poison kiss. One of my least favorite storylines in the whole show. <laughs> I didn't I didn't like a lot of season five because of her. I did like when Cersei got her revenge on her and she had to watch her daughter die. But uh, besides that, uh, I didn't like her at all. I didn't think she was that good. I thought very good because she was able to pull a fast one and kill Cersei's daughter. She killed Cersei's daughter and she took over Dorne, which is, I guess is impressive. But uh, I didn't yeah, find her entertaining. Yeah, part of the realm. Yeah. I put her a mediocre. She bothered me. <laughs> Ian just didn't vibe with her. That's funny. I didn't fucking like her. It's a, I'm, I'm going on favorites, too. I didn't like her. Fuck that bitch. Uh, let's go with Masande. Fucking Daenerys' lady. Right hand woman that got her head chopped off at the end. I put her at very good. Me too. You want to do a little bit of a speed round here in a minute? Yeah, we still got a lot, dude. All right, I'm going to do, let's do two more good ones and speed wrap. All right, go ahead. Two more each. My, my first one's going to be Jamie Lannister. Elite. I one of my, he's one of my favorite characters. I loved his art. It, it kind of took a dip. It. it took a dip in the end a little bit, but 
it was still one of the best arcs in the show. See, I loved Jamie all the way through from episode one all the way up until the second to last episode when he went back to Cersei. When he made the decision to go back to Cersei is what kind of ruined Jamie's character for me. I agree. Like, he left Cersei and made the decision to leave her and to go against her, and he still turned around and went back to her and died with her. Like, I wish he would not have done that. Yeah. I agree with you. Other than that, Jamie was probably in my top three favorite characters of the show. Yeah, mine too. He's my second favorite. In 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 my top three, there's two Lannisters in my top three of my, of my favorites in the show, Tyrion and Jamie. Mine too. I go Rob, Jamie, Tyrion. I go Tyrion, John, Jamie. I'll give you a big one. The Queen of Dragons, uh, the Mother of Dragons, the rightful heir to the throne, the lady that got fucked over the most in the last season, Daenerys Targaryen. I put her at elite, even though the fucking creators of the show completely botched her fucking arc in the eighth season. But I still put her at elite because she's the mother of dragons, dude. She's the mama. The mama of No other Targaryen was the was the controller and rider of multiple dragons. She's an absolute badass. <laughs> All of those fantastic Targaryen leaders had one dragon. This bitch had three. She had three, dog. I agree. She's elite. I love her. Uh, one of my favorite characters. I didn't always watch the show before her, but I respect Oh, I didn't. But she was definitely one of my... She's probably, like, my number four. My fourth favorite character, probably. A respecter. All right. Who's your last big one? My last big one? I'm I'm torn. I got two good ones left. Say them both. All right. The first one, the High Sparrow. The High Sparrow? That's not a big one. Sparrow. Sparrow. He's in trash. That fucking underground church in the King's Landing? What are you about to rank him at? Probably very good. You consider him like a big one? The High Sparrow? Like, that was a huge fucking storyline in the realm. That storyline blew. I know, I didn't like that storyline. Like, I did not, I did not feel that one like at all. I I liked it because... I like the shame shit because they made fucking seriously get shit thrown at her and shame throughout the whole city. That was awesome. It never felt realistic to me how a bunch of, like, fucks and robes and shit that can't afford weapons are, like, taking over the kingdom. It never made sense to me. It's it's religion, dude. It's the same thing with, like, Christianity way back in the day. How do you think fucking Christians looked way back in the fucking, in the year 1000? You know what I mean? It's the same shit, dude. No, I understand. All right, who's your other big one? Then, oh, my other big one. This is the dude that birthed this man's career, made him to be one of the biggest stars in Hollywood today. Cal Drogo, Jason Momoa. Uh, for his role as Cal Drogo, I'll go very good. Momoa is. I say elite. 
No, come on. I put Drogo in elite, dude. If Drogo wasn't killed off because of the poison on the blades, Drogo would have had a hell of a fucking run. He was the leader of the biggest army in the, in the entire world. Yeah, but the Dorthraki, like, he was great and all, but he, but he gave her the Dorthraki and that's it. And then he fucked off and died and he didn't make it out of the first season, dude. Like, Momoa became a star and that's great, but... Yeah, but I mean, I, what he was doing in the first season, he did a lot of good things. Like, he was, like, married off to him, and, like, in the first episode, you kind of were thinking that Drogo was going to be a bad guy. But even though, like, he was forcefully married to a child, he was a he was a good guy. He was good, and he was good to her. He wasn't mean to her. It wasn't really rape, dude. It was like what they had to do. It's like what the king has to do. Kind of like what Viserys is going through right now in House of Dragon. Like he had to remarry. But he it's wasn't like the same thing. Like, like he was a savage. And like he, he was, was the king of the Dothrakis. He has to have an heir. He has to have a son. Like that's why savage. they were doing that. He's not a good guy. He's a savage. He's a brutal human being. He'll fuck anybody. He was the one. He was the one that was able to control all the other savages. Drogo yeah. was, in my opinion, like I think Drogo is arguably the best warrior in the show, but he didn't get to live very long. But like that dude was a beast. I love Drogo a lot. If it wasn't for Drogo, Daenerys would not be remotely the same character that she is if Drogo wasn't in her life. He is like not that a love, love that Daenerys had for for Cal is like what drove her to be Daenerys Targaryen. I completely disagree. I'm going very good. Uh, all right, my last really big. I mean, there's still. Are we going to do a part three? We, still we could. If, he, if we're doing a part three, I don't want to do a speed round. Okay. Well, we already went an hour and 40, so we'll we'll end it with one last big one. All right, do your two, and then I'll do one more, then you do one more. <laughs> you just did your final two. That's what I thought you meant. I thought we're just going to end on one here. No, you can just do your one or two, and then we can end it. That's fine. I was just confused by what you meant right there. Okay. First, we'll go Gendry, the son of Robert Baratheon, the bastard friend of Arya. I put him at great. I think he's great, too. He's Lord of the Stormlands now. Yeah, and he's a hell of a blacksmith. He is. He can make a sword like nobody's business. A man can make a sword. We still have some big ones like Cersei. We'll leave her for next time. Uh, one we will do, though, is Littlefinger Peter Baelish. Um, I want to put him in elite, dude, but I'm putting him in elite. I'm putting him in elite, too. 
he was a fucking piece of shit and you hate him, but the man does some pretty fucking massively impressive things literally throughout the entire show. He started the Game of Thrones. <laughs> he did. By having the hand of the king killed and then fucking sending the letter to the Starks to make them hate the Lannisters. So he created he started the fucking Game of Thrones. He's a piece of fucking shit. Uh he killed. He got Joffrey assassinated when he had it with him. Uh, whenever things they, he wanted things to. He saved House Stark. He what? He saved House Stark. Yeah, he did. That's a huge one. From the Battle of the Bastards. Yep. Man, Peter, man, he's a big one, dude. I definitely think he definitely has a home in the elite category for sure. No, I agree. Really? 100%. Yeah, I mean, it sucks that he got found out by the girls. Like me and Dan were just saying, he started the Game of Thrones and he saved House Stark from imminent, like, from being erased completely. That's true. The man's a fucking badass. Uh, I don't like... He got kind of found out by Sansa, and I don't really know what he was doing with trying to cause mistrust with her and Arya, but but other than that, he was... He fucked up by training Sansa to be like him. That's that's where he fucked up. Yeah, he made her too smart. He made Sansa into someone who's way smarter than what she was originally going to be. Yeah. So then she started to be able to detect bullshit, and then she detected his bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a moment where the student becomes a teacher now. Yeah. And then she had his throat slit. It was nuts. Yeah. But, yeah, I like... I like Littlefinger a lot throughout the whole series. I hated him, but I liked him just as much as I hated him. I hated him because of the character, not because he was, like, shitty, but I hated him because you're supposed to hate him. No, I feel you. But, uh, all right. We got ourselves a list. We'll come back for part three in a couple weeks and finish this thing out. But uh, yeah, we weren't supposed to do a Spider-Man episode today, but we figured since next week we're going to do a Thor Love and Thunder review, we might as well stick to all Marvel next week. So we'll do the Spider-Man next week. Yes, sir. Thor and Spider-Man. And uh, and She-Hulk and House of Dragons. That's so course. Absolutely. So uh, we'll see everybody next week, and uh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. All right, Baba. Uh, It's been a blast, and uh, yeah, we'll see everybody next time. All right. Make sure everybody goes and follows the Facebook community, the Web Cave Podcast, and soon we will be posting a Instagram page and Twitter page as well. Yeah, sir, we already got the Instagram, right? 
I'm in the process of still making it. It's made, but it's not completely set up yet. So, I mean, if you want to look up WebCave Podcast on Instagram and give it a follow, you definitely can. There's just nothing on the account yet because I didn't really gamble with it too much yet. But I'm definitely going to. So if you guys want to give it a follow, give it a follow. Twitter account, not up yet. That will be in the near future. Hell yeah. Let's build the WebCave family. We're doing it up. We're going to be a world-known podcast one day. Let's fucking get it. All right. Uh, We'll see everybody next time, and uh, peace out, Baba. Peace out.